coming up on today's swim episode. Is choosing your premier instruments or choosing your premier sounds. If you can get this concept and if you can use this concept appropriately, you will most certainly make your tracks louder. This is Swim Success with Music. What up, music fam? This is Walt, and we are back. This is Success with Music. I am your music coach. And again, you're listening to the Swim Podcast. Hey, this is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students. Hey, you know that we are about the music life. And if you didn't know before, now you know. I appreciate you guys tuning in for a brand new episode of our podcast. If this is your first time joining us, know that we're picking up on a multi-part series and it all has to do with how to make your track louder, how to make your music louder, how to make it compete with commercially released material. So to keep things straight, we are on episode 48 today. But if this is your first time joining us, know that episode 47 is where you want to begin because we're talking about, as I mentioned, making your track louder. But the way that we're doing it is we're building on concepts. So the things that I mentioned in episode 47 will correlate to what we're doing today. Again, today is the next stepping stone for making those tracks bang. I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that man it all starts with a powerful melody check it out today it is absolutely worth the investment the swim master melody course at successwithmusic.com hey let's get to the show And as I mentioned before, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. That way, as we continue on in this multi-part series, you will hear all of the tips for making your song sound like a commercially released track in terms of volume. So make sure you subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Hey, let's get it. So we're back at it, right? So we're here on part two and we're going to be getting into some more tips about making your your song louder, bigger, fuller. And it's funny, just this week I was um, I was at the gym and uh, I was listening to Spotify and I listened to uh, a certain channel or a certain um, playlist on Spotify. I'm kind of digging it. They have a lot of nice music in rotation. I get to check out new artists and uh, I'm just doing my thing, working out, trying to grind it out. And, um, you know, I'm listening to a whole bunch of tracks that I've heard before on this particular playlist. But apparently, uh, whoever's managing this playlist, they added some new material. And sure enough, there's this brand new song that came on. And I was kind of feeling the song, but it was not banging at 
all. It was frightening as to how weak the track was as compared to all of the other tracks that were that preceded this particular song. So I was really disappointed. I'm like, the concept was good. The artists, I mean, they sound like they spent uh, a good amount of time in the studio. The overall final sound, it was way, way weaker, thinner than all of the preceding tracks. And I thought about us uh, talking about this concept of making your songs louder. And this is a really prime case as to why you want to put some effort into creating a larger, bigger sound for your track. Uh, For many of you, I don't think you need any convincing, but I just wanted to bring to, to light a real life recent experience with respect to this. But hey, we got a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and put that aside and get into our next round of tips. All right. So last episode, if you recall, I talked about the idea of building from the inside of your song within your mix and then keep growing from there or keep stepping up from there until we get to the final product where you're sending your track to mastering or you're at your final mixing stage, right? So before we talk about, number one, starting with a reference track. um, Next, we talk about having uh, distinctions between sections and creating the perception of loudness. And that's where the distinctions happen. And also automating these sections in order to create these stepping stones within the song to give it a bit more room and a place to go in terms of energy. And we also talked about compression, a subject that we covered in detail in episode 44 and 45. All right, today I want to continue on from where we were before. I wanted to quickly mention those things just in case if you've forgotten, even if you heard the episode before, I just wanted to quickly remind you of it. All right, so let's do it. So to get started here, I'm going to go back and play a little music clip that I created for all of our episodes related to making your tracks louder. So I'm going to go back and play this for you. I will play this track several times to really bring out certain key points. So real quick, let me play the entire little music segment for you. And we're going to dive in into the first thing I want to mention for today. All right, so there is the track. So today I want to talk about uh, the first thing here, and that is choosing your premier instruments or choosing your premier sounds. If you can get this concept and if you can use this concept appropriately, you will most certainly make your tracks louder. So having said that, I want to start with an example. Okay, so in the previous episode, I talked about the idea that there's only so much space that you're allotted to put your sound into, and that's going to be up to zero decibels. Right. So for most of your digital audio workstations, your tracks, the time of the the length of your tracks will go left to right on your window. But the volume that you're restricted to will be depicted by the very top and the very bottom So that's the space that you have to work with, right? You have to make sure that everything collectively stays within 
zero decibels. And I'm referring to your master volume area or your master bus. Your main volume area of your song, you should not be exceeding zero decibels. So that is the limited amount of space we have to work with. So hopefully you understand what I'm talking about with that, right? Now, in order to make your song louder, you have to think about your main volume area or your master bus. You have to think about it like you would a room in your house or your apartment. So let's say you have, I don't know, a living room area, right? If it's around the holidays or Christmas, you may move some things out of there, throw up a huge monstrous tree, get the gifts out, start doing some decorating, things of that sort, right? So the point is you will move things around in the room to accommodate, uh, again, in this example, a Christmas tree. But on the other hand, let's say it's a different part of the year. Uh, you want to throw a party. You want to have some people come over. You may now remove some of the furniture, coffee table, and things like that out of the center of the floor. Maybe make space for some dancing. Bring in, you know, bring in some music gear and get your speaker set up. Whatever you want to do for your party. The point is you will have to reconfigure the room if you are going to bring a lot of people in the room. So if people in this instance, if they're the focus, other things have to be removed. Other things have to be pushed away. And if you were, let's say, having someone sleep over at your place over the weekend or what have you, have family members coming in, you may throw, like, let's say, an air mattress in, in, in the middle of the floor, throw some blankets there, rearrange some things so someone can crash in that space. The point is, the space has to be reconfigured for the purpose in which it's being used for. It's Common sense when it comes to the real world, right? So, for instance, you would never in the real world have a Christmas tree up, have your air mattress up, have blankets in the living room, have all kinds of like presents and gifts and decorations. For people like that, they call them hoarders. And hoarders most agree that there's some type of problem when you have way too much in one space and you refuse to get rid of that stuff in that space. You have to make some determinations as to what's a priority. So think about what I'm saying. I think this is this is a very, very major key point. And a lot of you, and I'm going to go back to that track that I was listening to when I was at the gym, that track was great, but everything in that track was crammed in into that audio space. Number one, it was just overall just very weak. But two, I felt like nothing really took prominence at the various parts of the song. And that's really what I'm alluding to right now in terms of making your track louder. If you use the space that's allotted for your sound and you use it to feature certain instruments at certain times, you can create a louder display or presentation of those instruments at any given time. And that will give you, going back to my previous concept, the perception of loudness and the realness, if you will, of loudness. Okay, so let me pause here and I'm going to go back and I'm going to play this track again. Now, as you listen to this track, for each section, for the most part, I have chosen two predominant sounds that should rule over each section. There's a lot of things going on in this track, but I'm talking about in the intro of this little piece and the, the tail end of this little piece, I have chosen key sounds that will stand out as the prominent thing for my audio space. All right, let me go back and play it again. Here we go. 
So let me go back to each of the areas here. Now, point out to you where I've used my audio space and move, rearrange the furniture, if you will, to create loudness for certain instruments or certain sounds. Now, when the track starts, one of the first things that I'm looking to have as a prominent sound is my synth sound. Now, if you're paying attention, you will hear a vocal sample in the background. Sure, it's there, it's audible, and there's some other things going there as well. But the main sound that I'm focused on here, or the main sound that I'm looking to bring to prominence, is the synth sound. The second instrument, as this track builds here, is the kick drum, or that 808 sub kick. Those two things are the things that I have as the prominent sounds. So in other words, I want to make sure that above everything else in my mix, above the other sounds, volume-wise, those two things, that synth sound and my kick when it drops, is dominant over the other things in the beginning part of the song. Listen for it again. Let me play it. And just let me point this out here. When I say synth, I'm talking about the combination of that low synth with that fast moving synth. One more time. Kick comes in. So that's what I'm talking about. In that space right there, I want the synth those two synths to kind of take center stage. So I'm kind of making that as one thing, the synths. That's the primary thing. And the secondary thing is the kick. Meanwhile, did you notice that there are bells playing in the background? They're there. But again, they are not taking the prominent role. So I'm not going to push them into the center. They're being pushed along to the sides. And I'm going back to my room analogy. So just imagine that this Room right now is being configured to accommodate these two things, sense and kick. Now, let me move on to the next thing here in terms of prominent instrumentation. There is a bridge between the intro and the next part of the song. You will hear toms, tom-toms, build up really loud, and then it moves into the next section. As you can imagine, those toms, when they come in, they are absolutely dominant and they create a lot of energy when they come in. I'm not going to start from the very beginning. I'm going to kind of pick it up um, midway of through the, the intro here. Listen for the toms. Listen to how loud they are. Shindo on the Tom, and again, it was a very brief moment where they were the loudest, where they peaked. But at that moment, I made sure that at that little section, at that little piece, that everything else was kind of behind the scenes. I know that the next part comes in pretty quickly, so it may not seem as though the Toms are that loud, but they're they're hitting pretty hard. And there's like this little swell and synth sound that kind of slide into the next portion. But at that moment, I purposely brought everything below the Toms so that the toms would actually cut through. 
And because I have the Tom reaching probably close to zero dB, that is the main thing driving the volume right there. And I'm right at the edge of the volume, but the toms are just blasting through and it makes it seem very, very loud. All right, so next thing here, let's move on to the next section here. Again, the synth is the main feature. The synths are a bit different for the second section, but they are the main feature. The secondary instrument or the secondary sound that I want to have in prominence or out, out in front of the listener is the snare drum hit. All right, so let me start just before that tom swell and listen for the main synth and listen for the snare drum. So as I mentioned, the snare and the synth, they are all in your face. Mind you, in this song, I have electric guitar panned out there. I have like this little building sound in the back, like the sound is kind of climbing up in pitch. All that stuff is there, but the thing that's right in your face is the snare and the synth. Again, as you create your different sections in your song, Figure out what you want to have come to prominence or what you want to be the prominent player at any given time. If you do this, you can actually push your overall volume to the very edge and make the listener feel that it is really just blasting in their face. And you kind of create the, 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 the narrative there with the sound. You tell the listener, focus on this, focus on this part of the song. And that's exactly what I'm doing by way of choosing very specific instrumentation to play the key role at different times. All right, let me say one more thing about this here, and I want to move on to my next point that's uh, related to what I just talked about. I've heard this in a lot of popular music. I challenge you, go back and listen to most of your artists that you follow. I almost, with certainty, can guarantee you that if you listen to commercially released music, you will find that this technique is used a lot, even above vocals. I was listening to a track the other day, and as I was listening to it, I'm like, you know what? That 808, that snare is actually louder than the actual vocalist or the rapper or the singer or what have you. Sure, I understand for the, you know, you audiophiles that some of those, those instruments I just mentioned occupy a different area on the EQ, but I'm just saying just in terms of energy, I've noticed that in many popular songs, at certain points, when there's like a guitar solo or a synth part that's supposed to be prominent, but there's vocals, the vocals drop back. Again, do your own homework. You may not understand the point that I'm making right now until you go back, listen to a commercially released song, and do this, do this homework. Go back and see what stands out as the main sound at any given point. You will start to see a major, major pattern out there. And that is what we just talked about today. Choosing one, two, at the most three things that will be prominent. The other stuff can be there, but those prominent instruments, they are pushed to the limit to create that loudness for any given section. All right, let's move on to my next point here. And this relates to what I just talked about. I want to talk about a concept here called side chain compression side chain compression. All of us most likely work with different 
digital audio workstations. So the concept of side chain compression may be very different in terms of how it's carried out uh, from my DAW to your setup or what have you. I want to just talk about the concept overall and just play an example of how I used side chain compression today in my mix. So let me put this in in my terms here. And I know that I'm not going to make it ultra technical, just kind of take the layman's version of it. And I believe it's accurate. Side chain compression is basically when you have two tracks, two buses or two sound sources in your digital audio workstation. And with the two, those two relative to one another, you would cause one to go lower given the energy of the other one. So for instance, and let me make this a little bit plainer here, for my example here, my audio clip that I've been playing, I have caused my synth to go a little lower when my snare drum hits. Now, unless you have some super amazing ninja ear, you probably did not detect that today. But that's what's happening. So I mentioned that I had my two prominent instruments, right? My synth and my snare drum. Well, specifically, I wanted my snare never, ever, ever to lose its power. I wanted that thing to blast my overall volume right up there near zero decibels. And I don't want anything pulling away from that or watering that sound or that energy down. As a result, I use side chain compression between those two tracks, my snare and my synth, to have my synth slightly move down, or we call it ducking, you heard the term before, to duck my snare. So it's like, hey, hey, my snare is coming in, it's swinging hard, just duck, just move out the way. And then when it's done, you come back. But it's happening so subtly, you probably don't notice it. Let me play it one more time. Here we go. If I were to allow my synth to blast full volume and my snare to blast full volume, when the snare hits and the synth is on, that energy together would have taken my track over the limit, potentially. I'm over zero decibels, so that's something that we don't want to do. We're outside of the, the room that's allotted for what we're doing at that point. But let's say, you know, I brought my volume and and adjusted my gains to the point where I didn't go over my zero decibels. Well, my problem is that, as I mentioned a second ago, that synth, when the snare hits, would rob the snare of its energy. So as a result, again, I use side chain compression. Let me go a bit further into this to really drive home the point, especially for those of you who may be new to side chain compression. And if you're new to it, After I go through my next little example here, you're going to recognize this technique very, very clearly because it's being used everywhere in a lot of digital dance type of music. It has been for quite a while. I'm going to isolate the synth and the snare. I still think it's kind of hard to hear. Uh, On my screen, I can tell that the volume is being reduced by a few decibels each time my snare hits. So the synth is being reduced 
very quickly with each tap of the snare. So let me exaggerate what's going on here with the side chain to overemphasize the point. And when I do this, quite frankly, you're going to recognize a, a sound that we hear a lot in digital music. Let me play it for you. You hear that? It's like this pulsing type of sound. All right, let me play it one more time. I'm going to remove the snare, but I'm going to keep the energy that's being sent behind the scenes to the synth to cause the synth to duck and listen to it. And again, I've, I've um, used some pretty harsh numbers on my compression to, to make the point. So it will sound a little scratchy, but listen to it as it ducks around the snare. You're not going to hear the snare, but just trust that the, the pulses from the snare, they're happening in an inaudible way. Take a listen. Okay. All right. And again, it sounds a little scratchy because I compress the life out of that thing like to a crazy degree. But the point is, I wanted you to hear what's happening. And I'm sure you've heard that type of sound before, that pulsing sound. That is called ducking. And that can be accomplished using side chain compression. Just check it out online, especially for your digital audio workstation. You probably can find uh, some free plugins, or you may already have some native plugins that you can use side chain compression with. So yeah, just Google it, check it out. Your sound will go a long way. All right. And for the last point here, I want to talk about sound illusion again, or the perception of sound. The previous points that I just made have to do with actual real loudness, getting up to zero dB having instruments, maybe two instruments or two sounds that are really just pushing just the edge of that uh, the, the, the window, your audio window or that space, if you will. The next point is going to be, again, more about the perception of sound, similar to what we talked about in our previous episode. And I believe one good way of creating a perception that your song is getting bigger and louder is to utilize sounds that have what I would call more of a climbing type of essence to them or a building type of essence. And specifically in the background here, I'm using this pitched percussion sound and behind the scenes is building from a low pitch to a high pitch, but it makes it feel as though the song is getting more and more intense. And for those who may not be musically adept, they may feel that the song is getting louder where this pitched sound is building or climbing up the scale or climbing up chromatically or what have you. Let me play it for you one more time. Listen for this pitched sound, this percussion sound that's slowly building in the background. When I say building, I mean building in pitch, going from low to high. Did you hear that? It's super low and subtle, but let me play it for you. Here we go.
that's the sound. And you guys have probably heard this in different tracks. It could be a synth that's climbing up or it can be some kind of crazy sound that's being pitched up. Sometimes uh, there's like a vocal sample and then someone will just kind of keep pitching it up like by, you know, semitones or it can even be like, you know, microtones and it's kind of just climbing up. It just creates the, the, the perception of energy and that things are building and building and building. Volume wise, the volume technically in my track right here, it's pretty much consistent after we get through that uh, that Tom um, Tom build, but that little climbing sound, and mind you, it's way way back in the mix. It's not even out front. But again, the perception of loudness, I believe, can exist when you use small techniques like this. It just feels like this section is just growing and getting bigger, and there's no end to the bigness. Well, technically there is, you know, it's zero dB. All right, let me play it for you one more time. Now that you know where that pitched sound or that pitched building sound is. So again, it's very subtle, but I believe it's a subtle thing that can make a big difference. And guess what? I didn't waste a lot of audio space in creating that perception of loudness. I allowed my main players, my main instruments, my main sounds to take the prominence that I wanted them to have in order to make this particular section bang in the way that I wanted to bang right up to zero dB with that synth and that snare. Hopefully that makes sense. And uh, as I mentioned before, man, we still have some things to cover. So subscribe to the podcast because now we're going to move into the the final mixing stage into the mastering stage when it comes to volume. And most certainly we'll talk about a few things that will help you get your overall sound way up. So, yeah, man, if you want to review our episodes or check out other material that we have, go over to our main website, Success with music.com success with music.com make sure you subscribe because again we're going to be dropping that new content here pretty soon and you don't want to miss it hey in the meantime if you catch us fast enough before our next episode you can send us a quick message or a quick note and we can cover your question or your topic on the podcast again check us out at success with music.com and get at us on that next episode $10 a guess one.